It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Listening. Damn. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Damn Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado. Joined with me as always is Beaver Blitz beat writer extraordinaire in Corvallis, Jake Hedberg. Jake, huge, huge week coming up. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, this week is going to is really going to be the biggest for Oregon State Athletics in quite some time. I'm really excited. Cannot wait for Saturday. Number five, Washington versus number 10. Oregon State, a top 10 matchup. We have a great show planned for you today. First, we're going to talk a little bit about that Stanford beatdown or smackdown, I guess, as I called it earlier today. Um, It was just total domination. So we're going to go over that. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame that happened in Corvallis this past weekend. It was a great class. Uh, We're going to talk game day and uh, the snub that occurred on Saturday night. We're going to do a little Pac-12 recap of all the wins and losses and what the game schedule looks like this week. And then, of course, we have to talk and preview Washington and um, the game that is coming to town. And after that, we're going to jump in and take some of your questions. So if you have questions and you are watching us live, please post those in the comments or or comments throughout the show. We can pop some of those on if it it makes sense. Otherwise, we do have some questions in the lodge and on Twitter that we will try to get to at the end of the show. We are going to have a special guest today, a player who had tutoring during this time. So he promises next week he will be on. So next week, we look forward to having a special guest with us. But um, Jake and I have tons to talk about today. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think we should just jump right in. 62 to 17, never was close. Nope. Uh, Jake and I watched it in two different vantage points. Jake was on the sideline. Um, I was up in the press box. Let's just jump right in, Jake. What did you think of that game? I thought it was a dominant game. You know, really right after the Andrew Chatfield pick to start the game, you could kind of feel that Oregon State, they weren't looking ahead to Washington or Oregon. They were they were really just locked in, and they destroyed Stanford. Um, cannot remember last time Oregon State put up 60-plus points on a Pac-12 opponent, but they did, and really all levels played well. The starters, the backups, the third-string guys played in and played well. Uh, it was great to see some some younger freshmen, guys like uh, you know David Wells, Chisholm. They all got some time, and it was – it, it was really just a dominant, dominant game. It, it was crazy. So, um, I mean, yeah, take into consideration, there were 62 points scored. Um, I mean, Damian Martinez had four rushing touchdowns. Um, and guys like Damian and DJ and, and most of your starters were out of the game by yeah. ap- right after the first series in the, in the third quarter. So just a little over two quarters of work, and they were able to put up such crazy numbers. Um Everything clicked. I mean, Stanford won the toss, elected to take the ball to start the game, and um, it was just domination from the, from the get-go. Um, you know, we talked a week ago, and we've talked a little bit about during the season about Deshaun Fenwick and Damian Martinez maybe struggling a little bit. I know at the beginning of the Colorado game, they didn't look – Damian especially didn't look right. What changed this week? Because he was running, hitting holes. It, it was a – it was basically a, a tutorial on how to how to be a, ru- a running back in college. Yeah, I mean, the Damian Martinez that we saw yesterday, or excuse me, on Saturday was reminiscent of what we saw last year, you know, just just really just running all over teams. He had a huge game. I don't think he had a carry in the second half uh, um, at all. And yeah. for 136 yards and four touchdowns in a half, that's pretty solid. Deshaun Fenwick as well. He ran the. I think I thought he ran the best he's ran all season outside the Washington State game. Um, those guys really were. They, they set the tone of the game offensively. Uh, Dame with two touchdowns on the first the first two drives. Overall, just a great day. Yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. And then you know you you wouldn't see those kind of numbers that they put up without the holes that were being opened by yeah. by the guys up front. That offensive line performance probably the best we've seen all year from that yeah. group. Uh, Josh Gray had, I, I thought, his best game of the entire year. Tolly was fantastic, as always. And then, I mean, I thought the second group did pretty well as as well. You know, uh, 
like the freshmen guys like you know Dylan Lopez, Vincic, and that was promising to see because those guys are going to have to be big time contributors in the next year. Yeah. So to yeah. see them holding their own against Pac-12 opponents as freshmen, very promising sign. Yeah. How fun was it then? I mean, to see a lot more Aiden Childs, a lot more of that yeah. second group of the offensive line, some of the younger wide receivers. How big was that? Do you think for just their development going into to next year? I think it really does go a long way. You can't really replicate live game reps. And I thought Aiden Childs played fantastic. This kid, he is unreal as a true freshman to be doing what he's been doing. He's on his th third drive now. I believe he's four for six, which as a true freshman quarterback going up against predominantly top 25 teams has been pretty solid. Um, really, I, I, I'm excited about the future. I feel like Oregon State's got – the guys to keep this momentum going as long as the whole conference thing gets situated out. Yeah, we. I, I'll bring that up too because we're not going to talk a lot about that today just because the trial is tomorrow. So um, hopefully we'll have more to talk about. If there's something big happens, look for an emergency pod that we'll do, but um, otherwise we're just going to wait and bring that in next week. Um, just not a whole lot of new stuff to, to dive into right now. So no, I, I agree. I, th I thought Aiden looked good. I, if you were to tell somebody who knew nothing about Oregon State that he was a true freshman, they wouldn't believe you. I don't think they would either. And quite frankly, I think the nation is really going to introduce Aiden Childs this upcoming Saturday. You know, he may not be a bigger name nationally, but, you know, he's going to be out there on drive three again against a top five opponent with Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler calling the game. It, it's it, it's, it's going to be a big time opportunity for Childs to prove himself to the entire country. Yeah, it's, it's going to be big. So keeping on the offensive side of the ball, DJU had another had another great game, and I I, just, I keep watching him um, make deci good decision after good decision. He knows where to throw the ball away. That play he made to Jermaine Terry, which that was Jermaine Terry's first college touchdown. Um, he was it was great in the post game press conference hearing from him. Um, DJ spread the ball out to 13, 12 or thirteen, 13. different receivers. I yeah, thirteen, 12. twelve. Okay, twelve There's different receivers. Crazy, crazy to have that kind of that kind of spread. Um, we kind of talked about kind of the things that went well offensively. Did you see anything that you would like to see cleaned up before Washington this week offensively? Quite frankly, no. I mean, <laughs> this offense, they went out there and they played their best offense of the season, I thought at least. Um, there was the one the one drive that was an issue was the Aiden Childs drive. You know, pressure got applied. I don't know whether, it's, whether that could kind of be credited to it being a different quarterback. No, it's, it's a – different snap count timing everything's all changed up that could have affected the performance of that drive uh i believe he took a sack and then they got hit behind the line for a loss as well but overall besides that i thought offensively was fantastic uh i think dj has been incredible he's taking care of the ball he's done a great job he hasn't thrown a pick since utah which is over a month and a half ago now knock on wood uh but I, I really do think what TJ's done for this offense has completely transformed Oregon State from a solid seven and five, eight and four bowl team to a team that's competing for a Pac twelve a Pac twelve championship. Yeah, you know, I, I right before we hopped on, I wanted just to kind of see where he was at, um, kind of in the national picture. So I, I pulled up PFF. Um, he is right now like just in overall quarterback rankings. He's ranked uh, twenty five, I believe. He's right behind Caleb Williams. So. Um, I think his grade was an 89 for the season, which is pretty really, good. Really yeah. good. So um, I, I didn't dive in. Like I said, it was seriously right before I hit log on. So that'll be more of a deep dive that maybe Jake and I can do later, um, you know, in between civil war and bowl season. But um, anyway, I, I do, I think, um, I think the expectations were super high for him. And so I think Beaver fans maybe have had some questions and, and obviously that's all in the lodge too, where people, maybe pay a little more attention than just a casual fan. But um, I, I have been blown away. He's done everything Oregon State has asked of him. Like, like you said, taking care of the ball, distributed it, made good decisions. Um, it's been, um, I think, a great addition to Oregon State. Okay, moving to defense. Huge game for the defense as yeah. well. It's not just an offensive. I mean, we saw um, Katana Ladapo with two interceptions, his first of the season. Um, Chatfield. Yeah, his second. Andrew, Andrew Chatfield had an interception, a forced fumble, 
and two a sacks. sack, two sacks. Two sacks. Um, it was another huge day for him. Um, Jermaud got one as well. Jermaud, true freshman. He, he also saw a ton of minutes. Um, like you said, Isaiah Chisholm, some of the young Melvin Jordan, a lot of the younger guys were playing. Um, talk to me. I mean, missed tackles have been such an issue that we've brought up time mm -hmm. and time again on this pod. I thought they looked better. Um, yeah. What What are your thoughts? I mean, I thought the tackling was much better. I thought really all three levels of this defense played fantastic. The defensive line, they really did a good job limiting Stanford. They they couldn't really run the ball at all. And the pass rush was fantastic. Yeah. Oregon State finished with six sacks. They have 36 now on the season, which is That's top crazy. five in the country. I Before the season, I predicted them to get 35, and I thought that was kind of a stretch. And now it's game 10. It's on to game 11, and they've already eclipsed that. Um, Lineman backers, I thought Calvin Hart played the best game of his Oregon State uh, career. He was in the backfield really all game long. And then those two younger guys, Isaiah, Ch Isaiah Chisholm, Melvin Jordan, those guys look legit. Uh, Chisholm had a sack. J Jordan was all, all was all over the backfield. I think Oregon State next year between those two and, and Las Granis are going to have a solid trio. And then I thought the secondary was fantastic. They yeah, yeah. limited the big plays. Stanford got that one big touchdown pass, but at that point it was mostly the twos and threes in the game. But the yeah, that 75-yard pass, yeah. which was a huge chunk of their passing offense, mm -hmm. it came at midway through the third quarter, which Oregon State had already pulled a lot of their starters. Yeah. I, I think the starting group did a great job, and I think Jaden Robinson has been – very good this year. He's, he continues to be one of the best cover guys in the Pac-12. He's been outstanding. Yeah, Jaden Robinson has. I mean, we expected that. I think, you know, in preseason, you and I were talking a lot about him. Um, it was great to see Coop back, and it sounds from yes. Coach Smith that he should be good uh, for Saturday. Yeah. Um, Noble, Th Noble Thomas, was he out too? Yeah, he didn't play last week. He didn't play last I didn't think so. Um, you know who I, I also want to just highlight? Because, like, we don't talk about him a lot because we talk about Easton a lot, but Akili Arnold has just yeah. quietly put him put together quite a good, great year. Yeah. Um, what would you like to see the, the defense work on, you know, this coming week? This week is going to be tough with the secondary. You know, Washington, they've got really the best offense Oregon State has played all year. Their receivers are fantastic between um, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze, and Jalen McMillan's anticipated to play again, who okay. he hasn't played since week three. That will, and that'll be huge for – Washington. But for Oregon State, I think it's going to come down to their corners and safeties really shining and doing more than the bare the bare minimum to win this game. Yeah, so injury update, Levengood, I expect we see him back this week. Um and but in Chatfield, I know we had some questions about um Chatfield. He went out with a stinger but he did come back in. He yes. said he is fine. Any updates from Coach Smith today? Uh, he said he was optimistic on Jake Levengood. Uh, Grant Stark got a little dinged up. Um, Coach Smith didn't say too much about that, which makes me feel like he's more likely to play than not. But if Jake Levengood and Grant Stark both can't go, then things will get a, a little tricky. I'd imagine Flavio Gonzalez will probably slot in or Luca Vinches potentially. Um, and that would be whichever players, that would be their first career start and really their first like live, live action. And Okay. That could be a potential issue. Okay. Okay. So that's what we have for injuries. Um, Noble, nothing new with Noble. So I'm sure it's, you know, day to day, but um, I think it's huge having Brian Cooper back. Um, yeah. I agree. Is that just the sun coming in there, Jake? It's the light. Yeah. I might oh, have to go wow. close that. I'll close that. <laughs> you can go to close that. Um, I, I'm going to jump in and talk a little Hall of Fame here. Um, this was Oregon State's Hall of Fame weekend. They inducted it. It was probably one of the better classes we've seen um, as far as. Um, you know, and they've had some good ones. I mean, the Fiesta Bowl was a couple years ago, but um, gosh, Bob DeCareless, Stephen Jackson, Alexis Cerna, Mike Hass, Mike Riley, um, Brett Berry, Brett Berry, the the final four women's basketball team, and then you know a softball group, um, a rower, um, just a great overall class. But I think those were the the real highlights of it. Um, fun to see those guys back in Corvallis. I looked for. Um, a couple of them. I, I never saw them pregame. Um, Stephen Jackson and I did run into Mike Riley. Um, Jake got to meet my, Mike Riley Pretty and cool. just a cool conversation. I I walked away from that. My heart just felt happy. I, here, 
he's totally busy. It's pregame. People are trying to shake his hand. And I swear, Jake, he talked to me for five minutes and yeah, um, he did. gave me a big hug and, and just a wonderful, wonderful person. And I, yeah. I know Bieber fans have mixed feelings about um, his time at Oregon state or how it ended, but he loves the place. He's still in Corvallis and um, seriously, just the most genuine person that you would ever meet. I was hoping to see Bob DeCarolis, um, just because I did work with him on the fundraising of Research Stadium, the old new side. So um, I really wanted to kind of see what his um, thought was on the on the new side and seeing that done. But um, so great that Oregon State was able to to honor those those folks um, in a fun celebration. And and some other old time, you know, Beavers were there. And Dennis Erickson was there, and I never yeah, saw him either. I didn't see him. Um, but James Rogers was in town. We saw him. Brian Watkins was there. Um, so a, a good crowd and, and a good crowd of recruits. So um, we're catching up with some of the guys. It was a, a big, heavy state of Oregon, younger underclass yeah. group um, for this week. And I expect Saturday to be a big, big yeah. recruiting. Weekend. It's going to be I've huge. Heard, heard a couple names um, that are, are potential and uh, a couple coming in from Florida, yep. uh, a couple Californians. So some big, some big linebackers names. as well. Yes. Yeah. So, um, we'll have more on Beaver Blitz on those visitors as the yep. week goes on. But um, yeah, I thought I thought it was just a fun atmosphere to see those guys back for the Hall of Fame. Changing gears. So Jake, you weren't up in the press box with us, but it, it was kind of this, it was third quarter, I believe, right at the start of the third, third quarter. And we're all, you know how quiet the press box mm-hmm. is, silent. And all of a sudden, Eric's next, next to me and he's like, game day is not coming. They're going to James Madison. I go, what? And probably about five minutes later, Hank announces to the press box that um, college game day announced they were going to James Madison. What was your reaction? I mean. Yeah. Uh, so family show, but go ahead and tell us your thoughts. So I was on the field and I got a phone call from a buddy who said, like, what's happening? College game day is going to James Madison. And at first I was just kind of like, that's probably not true. And then obviously I, I don't have great service on there. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. And I see college game day is going to James Madison to play five and five or six and four app state. And to me, that's kind of mind blowing. This is a top 10 matchup with college football playoff implications. They haven't been to Corvallis in 13 years and they have been to James Madison three times, including not even five years ago, or just over five years 2017, ago. 2017, 2016. And when they were here for at Oregon State, they were not here for Oregon State. They were here for no, the Ducks. They're for Oregon, yeah. And to me, this kind of – I quite frankly think ESPN was scared. Um, they're, I think the backlash they're receiving now is worse than what they would have got if they came to Corvallis. But for a company that is one of the reasons why Oregon State is in the situation they are in, they could have put – media attention on Oregon State. It's a great story how our team that's get that's you know getting left behind. They're competing for a Pac-12 championship title and are facing a top five team with college football playoff aspirations. And it isn't going to get the coverage, even though Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit were already coming to Corvallis. What I, I am happy to hear that they are because I, when yes. I heard that game day wasn't coming, I thought they may relegate you know the Rod Gilmore team to <laughs> to, to Corvallis. So um, no, I, I think that is big, but I do. I think it was a scared corporate um, decision that wait we can't we can't highlight these guys because we are part of the problem that left them behind yeah and we can't spotlight that um and, and give that any airtime and they yeah. couldn't not address it at all because then um you know then it looks even mm-hmm. worse so i i will say i was pretty hacked off early yeah mm-hmm. um yeah like hawaiian guy says here um yeah it's such an insult, but we all know why they're scared. And you know what? That's after I've, I was pissed. I'll, I'll just say I was freaking pissed because I was more, I was pissed for the fans and I was pissed for the players because I feel like they've earned this. They've yeah. earned this right. Um, or this, you know, this outcome to, you know, you play hard. It's a great story. They've, they've persevered. I mean, this is a team that when Jonathan Smith took over was as low point as I've seen Power five team in the country. Yeah. And, and they've turned things around. They don't have a conference home next season, and they're still fighting and scrapping to the point where they're not only could play spoiler, but are right in the thick of things as well as the number 10 ranked team in the country. So yeah. I, it, I don't like disservices, and I felt like this was a total disservice and disrespect 
Yeah. Now thinking about it a day or two removed from it, it could be the best thing that happened because yeah. I think there's a lot of hubbub and a lot of, um, just distraction that comes with it. You know, you have the whole game day team there in Corvallis meeting with coaches and, and players kind of starting Wednesday, Thursday of the week. Um, there's the distraction that coach Smith would have had to get up who knows how early to be on set um, with them in the morning, a lot of kind of circus atmosphere going on. And, and while fans would love it, and I think the team has earned that um, I think it might be better served for the team to keep it as, as is, and, you know, kind of how they uh, keep their week the way they prepare every week. Yeah. So um, yeah, I agree. I, I think this decision kind of goes along with really the theme of Oregon state's season where it's, it's just been the disrespect from n n not as much the rankings this year, but nationally the media Oregon state really hasn't gotten the credit that they've deserved. I, I, in, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. I mean, just like I said, you look at just stats and Oregon state is right there and top 10 in so many of the areas. Um, yes. Jermaine gray. I agree. I, they need to find, a sponsor to do this, but we belong shirts on every seat in section 100 of the stadium. Every, I would like imagine, orange, you know, they should have something. I would imagine there is going to be something. I would, I would be willing to bet that they decide to do something along, not necessarily those lines, but something with the student section or the fans or just something that, you know, or how about like a big flag, like they, the Beaver state. Um, yeah. They could do flag that. that. They wear, they could have a, Basketball we belong. Games. You know, yeah. we belong flag for the student section. I don't know, something, but they need to do something. And, you know, I, I do have faith that uh, the department is on this and going to put their best foot forward on that. Yeah. But um, I, I think we've, any other thoughts on that? Pate State is coming, or Josh yes, Pate. I did see that. So, um, yeah, he was, I think, kind of blown away. He's, for those that don't know, he is a national uh, podcast and has a show with CBS Sports 24-7. So um, um, Nick, Nick Volkers has set up a whole mock game day and make a huge parody out of it jake would you like to tell us what you're doing <laughs> yeah so uh this is funny actually so my fraternity is doing a uh, mock college game day and they wrote me into doing an hour-long talk show with uh special g guest pickers which are gavin turley which will be pretty cool um so there's there's gonna be three or four, four of us up there at 10 in the morning uh doing a little hour-long talk show before tailgate. So it should be pretty so fun. I actually had thrown the idea out to Jake that maybe we could stream it <laughs> on our YouTube channel. And he said it might not be family friendly. So yeah. we might, it might not be totally professional. So we might not put it on the Blitz channel, but it sounds great. And I admire <laughs> college kids for doing that because I think it's going to be super fun. Um, so we're, we're going to move on from, from that because we could talk for all day about, and I can't wait. I, Somebody better be taking videos because I want to see suits oh. and all, right? Suits. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> this will be fun. Um, okay, so we're going to move into the week that was in the Pac-12. A couple, at least one surprise here. So start with Oregon Stanford at Oregon State. We know that was 62-17. No huge surprise there. Arizona, 34. Colorado, 31. Came down to a last-second field goal for the, for the Wildcats to win. Did you see that one coming? I, this game was much closer than I anticipated. I thought Arizona was going to go out there and win by two to three scores. I mean, this is a team that had really been playing their best football, and Colorado had been playing their worst. Uh, but, you know, credit credit, credit to, towards Colorado for, you know, just dicking in there. And they, they almost upset the Wildcats, too, which would have helped Oregon State out in terms of the Pac-12 title. Yeah, because uh, Arizona still has a shot at the Pac-12 title game. They have a better shot than Oregon State does, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Because what do they have? ASU and Utah. Utah. Okay. Utah this week. Um. So that was a that was a close one, actually. Utah lost to Washington, thirty-five twenty-eight. Uh, Washington State lost to Cal, forty-two thirty-nine, and and the Cougs were down by a ton. Yeah. Um, and actually clawed their Two way back to make it close. Two late touchdowns. Um, ASU, this was probably the shocker of the day. ASU beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl seven in the Rose Bowl seventeen seven. Does that do one? Think, uh, do you think Chip Kelly's gone after this year? I don't. You know that's been kind of the talk. I, I saw some rumblings that oh that UCLA would be going after uh, Jonathan, Smith, yeah. Jonathan Smith. I don't think he goes. I don't I, think. I, he I mean, really I know is. he's from Pasadena, but 
Um, I, he went to school at Oregon State, and if the Beavs, I mean, I think he also knows that what he has at Oregon State, the Rose Bowl can't get a crowd. Um, you're you're going to play second fiddle to USC for everything. Yeah. Um, it's not like UCLA's athletic department is flush with cash either. So um, I don't know. It just depends, I think, what kind of transpires here in the next few days, uh, next month. I have heard some rumblings about Oregon State's schedule next year, and um, it sounds promising. So um, if they go independent, it sounds like it could be promising. Um, and then last of the day was the nightcap, USC, Oregon. Oregon won 36-27. I don't think really a shock there. No. At, at this point, I do think Oregon's the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah. I think they're better than Washington. I, I agree. I Just watching them, um, I think they're the most complete team. Yeah. Um, because Washington, I still have questions about them running the ball. And I think Oregon Andrew, has both a running and passing attack. Yeah. I, I, I'm more concerned about Washington's defense than, than their offense. I feel like their defense is not good. You know, I've been kind of working on the matchup preview and statistically this defense gives up over 400 yards a game, 25 points, just about Oregon state's is going to be able to score. Yeah. I, I think yeah. this game is, just, is going to come down to the Oregon state secondary, slowing down the Washington the, the Washington, you know, their passing game. Yeah, and, we'll, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Um, previewing just this week's games, another full slate of Pac-12 games. Um, Colorado is at Washington State, where the Cougs are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Not quite sure I would. I, I, would I think Colorado goes up there and wins, quite frankly. I, I do, too. I do, too. Utah at Arizona. That's actually, I think, going to be a really good game. Arizona is a one-point favorite on that one. Um, That's going to be a good game. Which is surprising because, you know, Utah's kind of been tough all, all year, but Arizona has really come along, and especially at home. I, I think they're mm -hmm. they're tough. Uh, UCLA at USC, so their big rivalry game. USC is a six-and-a-half-point favorite there. That game will be played at the Coliseum. Oregon at ASU. Oregon is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite, which this one might – I this one intrigues me a little more. ASU is, is yeah. not good, but Kenny Dillingham's going to know some of Oregon's secrets, so – I think Arizona State covers. I think Oregon. You do. I think okay. Arizona State covers, but I do think Oregon wins by about two touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, I, that one. Like I said, on paper, I I kind of you kind of glass over it, but then thinking about it a little deeper, I, it might be a little more interesting than it looks. Uh, it would be they, typical for the Ducks to lose that game. They have struggled in the state of Arizona in late November games historically. Which that just baffles me because it's like nice down there. It's like 75, yeah, 80 degrees. I don't know what it is, but they. Um, big game is Saturday. Cal at Stanford. Cal's a six and a half point favorite. I think Cal rolls on this one. I agree. And then, uh, yeah, the big primetime matchup, Washington at Oregon state, number five versus number 10 and Oregon state. This line has moved yeah. from Oregon or Washington being a two and a half point favorite to Oregon state being a one point favorite. What are your thoughts there? Vegas knows something. Um, I'm a little curious as to why that jump is. I, the more I look at this game, the more it feels like Oregon State is going to win. I, I'm really – Washington's last six games, have they've all won by 10 points or less. Um, they've struggled. They struggled against yes. Stanford. They struggled, they struggled against ASU. Yeah, their team that, you know, is – their record – they're good in, in late close games. And I would imagine this is a game that comes down to the final possession or, possession or so. Um, it's it, it's going to be a crazy environment. This is going to be probably the loudest I've ever seen Research Stadium. I would imagine it's it's really going to be a crazy game. I'm not going to give a score prediction until Thursday, but feeling confident the game goes in Oregon State's direction. That's I just thought I have to send out staff picks email because I did <laughs> that. Um, just I wanted to pull up a um, question again okay. and. I mean, something else that I feel like can't be overstated is playing the game in Reeser Stadium. Oregon State 16 and one in Corvallis over the last three years. They should should have beat SC last year as well. So playing in front of their home crowd, uh, it it just it just smells right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. I, I I'm with you there. Okay, so we're gonna take a quick break for the podcast side. Um, if you're watching us live, it's just a short little. 30 second break so that the ad can pop in and we'll be right back um, to talk a little bit more um, Washington and dive deeper into Washington. Um, just a quick 
Um, update though, if you are not a member of beaverblitz.com, now is the time to join. So much great insight, analysis, and discussion you want to be with. This is the biggest, uh, biggest fan site on the on the internet uh, covering Oregon State. It's Oregon State all the time. Um, come join fellow beaver believers and also be able to read everything that Jake, myself, uh, Peter, Raju, the whole team, JP, um, this is something that's a year-round deal and you, you don't want to miss it. So make sure to jump on and get that subscription to Beaver Blitz as soon as you can. We'll be right back. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season, streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. Okay, welcome back to the damn podcast. If you were watching us live, it's just a short little break there. Um, on the podcast, we had to take a little break um, for the 24-7 network. Jake, huge game. We've kind of alluded to this all day. We've kind of been putting in little bits and pieces about this game. So it kind of hit me Sunday. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Sunday, so senior day is one of those kind of bittersweet days for me. I, I love senior day, but sometimes it's a little, a little happy, sad. You know, when you see some of these guys that you have covered since they maybe arrived on campus, you were the one doing a quick interview, um, their first interview um, for as they were freshmen. Or, um, so it's fun to watch how they've grown, to see their families. Um, so it's senior day. It is the last Pac-12 as we know it game at Research Stadium. It is one of Oregon State's Northwest rivals who basically destroyed the conference and, and caused us to be in the situation we're in. Um, number five ranked Washington versus number 10 ranked Oregon State. Washington kind of, I felt stole uh victory from the the jaws of defeat last year up in up in seattle so so many storylines here this week um yeah. national media in attendance what concerns you about the huskies when you when you look at them yeah this is their passing attack they have arguably the best quarterback in the country michael Penix has been fantastic don't uh, tell duck fans that oh yeah <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation, but <laughs> Michael Penix is a truly a Heisman trophy contender. He has been fantastic for coach Kalen DeBoer. Who's he's, he's 21 and two in his first two seasons as Washington coach. It's unreal. This is a coach. This is a very well coached team and they've got some studs in the passing game with Roma Dunze might be the best wideout, not named Marvin Harrison in the entire country. He is over a thousand yards. Uh, Jalen Polk, a Texas Tech transfer, he is would arguably be the best receiver on pretty much any other any other team in the country, and their guy who was their best receiver last year, Jalen McMillan, should be back for the first time since week three. Pair that with two solid tight ends and Jack Westover and Devin Culp, and this is the most explosive offense Oregon State has played all year. Okay, but tell me, talk to me about the running game because I I haven't seen much of their run game. I is it are they more one dimensional or are they able to be one dimensional? Washington runs the ball in their bigger games. If you look at uh, the running back who's a transfer from Mississippi State, Dylan Johnson, his best three games have been against Oregon, USC, and he, he Utah, and they've kind of steered in his direction over the last two weeks. He exploded against. Um, USC, he ran for 256 yards and I believe two or three touchdowns, had another 100-yard game last week as well, and he's quietly put together a solid season. He has, uh, I believe, 10 touchdown runs on 790 yards, pretty solid numbers, and I do think with the conditions being what they may be, you may see Washington run the ball more than they might necessarily if it was a sunnier game. So I, I pulled up some stats, and I put them on a rundown. So right now, Washington is averaging 41 points a game, and then their defense is giving up 23.5. They're passing an average of 378 yards per game, giving up 270 
And then they're rushing for an average of 126 yards per game, but giving up 141. Um, they have only allowed seven sacks on yeah. Michael Penix um, while having 13 sacks of their own. Okay, so two things stand out to me there. Oregon State should be able to run. Yes. I, I, I want to say that. And then how do you think Oregon State D-line will uh, get to Penix? Do you think they'll have any luck? I think they will. I think this is a good Washington offensive line. They lost three starters, but they've really recovered, and they've got some studs there. Uh, one of their tackles, Troy Huatano, he's going to be an NFL starter. I, I think so at least. Um, and it's it's going to be a tough test. But the, this Oregon State, Oregon State defensive squad, I feel like is one of the more slept on units nationally. Thirty six sacks lead the Pac-12 in both interceptions and passes broken up. And with this defensive line, they're going to they're talented enough to apply pressure. James Rawls has had a great year. Chatfield has really come on and I think they're going to be able to apply pressure and hopefully that causes Penix into making a mistake or two he typically wouldn't make. Yeah, I mean that's I think you're right. I think um you know Oregon State maybe isn't flashy with their sacks or putting up but they're quietly putting it's up quiet an amazing year. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's um, like I said, there's not one guy I think that you look at. Well, Chatfield's had the, the past couple of weeks. Chat as of now. Um, but seriously, you're you look at this group and the numbers they're putting up and where they rank in the Pac-12 and nationally. Um, this D line is doing um, fantastic, doing really well. And you know that was you and I talked at the beginning of the season. That was yeah. going to be the strength. We were worried about the secondary. Do you think the secondary will uh, be able to uh, defend? Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk and McMillan. I mean, I think so. they will. This is honestly, Jaden Robinson is going to have a tough task, but I think he is more than able to handle it. And Ryan Cooper at one corner spot, he's proven to be capable. I think a key is getting Noble Thomas back. If Jermod or if Thomas isn't, isn't, is unable to play, then I would imagine Jermod McCoy would step in. And that's a younger freshman who, Penix would probably pick on that, but Thomas is a stud. He's locked down. Put that with Ryan Cooper and Jaden Robinson. I think the Oregon State cornerbacks are built for success. Yeah, Brian Miller in the in the chat just said, "Look yeah. at how uh, UW played at ASU." I I think you're right, and I I think the secondary has also maybe been a little underrated um, and has done more than maybe the national the pundits will give them credit for. I, I also say- don't underestimate Trent Bray. Yeah, um, great defensive coordinator. You know, it was interesting. So I've, I've covered this team a long time, and there's been times that I've heard, you know, players or I've talked to coaches and, and asked different questions. And, um, you know, I've heard defensive coordinators say, you know, oh, the guys decided to go renegade and do their own thing. They weren't following the game plan. They wanted to do kind of their own thing, thought they knew better. It was interesting because Chatfield in the postgame press conference on, on Saturday night, you know, people were asking him and he said, we have an amazing D coordinator and we just have to trust him and that he's, you know, he's a giving us the right scheme that we practice all week, but then also coaching us on the sideline and and helping. So that trust is there with, with Trent that I haven't seen, um, you know, a lot of times um, when Oregon State has some decent defense. So I think that's huge because I do think that Trent Bray will have a, a really solid plan in place. Offensively. What, what do you, what do you think want to see Oregon State do? Run the ball. I think Dame is going to be the key of this game. I think if he runs like he did last week, Oregon State has a very good chance to win this game. I I think Coach Coach Smith, Coach Lindgren, and Coach M, they're going to try and have Oregon State establish the run early. They're going to run the ball right out of the gate. And it's Oregon State's offensive identity, and it's going to open up the passing game as well. Jermaine Gray, get Penix off his spot, and he's a different QB, and that's what we've seen. Um so some pressure there, but yeah, I agree. Run the ball, and um, my other little—we'll get your key, take keys to the game. One of my keys is going to be coaches not make any stupid decisions. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> take the points. Um, but I think I think the big thing that people aren't talking about necessarily that is going to be huge is I think Research Stadium on Saturday evening is going to be the most electric that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean. This is the first top 10 matchup in research since the 2000 Civil War, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, and for, that, and like I said, coupled with the last Pac 12 game, yeah, people are going to be fired up. I mean, I know this is the biggest Oregon State game of 
my lifetime, quite frankly. Uh, and for the majority of the students, I would say it is as well. Um, I think this is going to be the loudest the stadium has ever been. I, I'm anticipating the student section to be packed two hours before kickoff. Um, another sellout crowd. It, it, it's it's going to be rowdy on Saturday night. It's going to be super rowdy. And, um, you know, we've heard Coach Smith in the postgame press conference on Saturday. And then again today, um, just kind of appeal to Beaver Nation to, you know, get there and be loud and be loud the whole time that he they need you more than they've ever needed you in, in this game. So you do make a difference. So get out, be loud. Um, we, we've taught, had some discussions in the Logic Beaver Blitz over and under of how many false starts or delay games the uh, Washington will have because of how loud um, the crowd will be. But I do, I think um, this has the chance to kind of have a, a an epic game. This is going to be a, a one we talk about in 20 years saying I was yeah. there when, you know, this game happened. Um, so Jake, before we move on to the mailbag, what are your keys to this game? Offensively, establish the run game early. Like I said, Oregon State needs Dame to have a big game. And I, and I, and I think they're going to ride him straight out of, really just right out of the gate. Um, and then defensively throw Michael Penix off his game. He's, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Quite frankly, an argument can be made for the country. And Oregon State needs to not let him settle in and get comfortable. Okay, there you heard it. Have a lot more analysis insight as the week goes on. Um, we work with our friends at dogman.com, our sister state, uh, sister site up um, 24-7 Washington site. So we'll have some some info there. In fact, I just got an email, Jake, that that they'll be reaching out for a question and answer, but they said, I cannot get out of being on their podcast. So <laughs> I guess I'll be going on the Dogman podcast. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a special, a special Saturday. So make sure you're there. Um, should we do some mailbag questions? Let's do it. We got quite a few here in the Logic Beaver, but let me let me jump over here. Um, let's see, Ellis Thomas, and I I apologize if that is not your, but um, I try to live in the moment. But in your opinion, what happens if DJ returns next year? I love DJ and Aiden. I don't know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, this would be the best quarterback battle Oregon State's ever had. Um, yeah, can you imagine? I mean, I, I feel like it's hard not to have DJ start. I do believe Aiden Childs might be more talented, but DJ, he's proven himself capable. And I, I do think maybe you see a quarterback rotation, like a platoon almost, where you see both of them play. Because Aiden Childs is too good to keep off the field. But my guess would be DJ would be the starter. Do you think we see more of Aiden in these, past, these next two games? Just to kind of keep offenses or the, the opposing defenses? That's a tough honest? question. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I don't think we do, but it would not surprise me. I feel like Oregon State, DJ's gotten them this far. He's played fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like Coach Smith is the kind of guy to ride with his guys. And yeah. not that Childs isn't. His guy. guy. Yeah, but no, I, I get you. DJ's proven himself, and I feel like he deserves to be. I'm just thinking wrinkle-wise. Yeah, I mean, maybe you see a package with both of them on the field. That could be That'd something be that would be fun. You could mix that up a little bit. I don't know. I, don't know. I think I think we're going to see some super creative things the next yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, I do too. Um, injuries from Stanford game, specifically concerned with Chatfield, but any news is appreciated. Chatfield's good. Chatfield's good. Yep. That's everything we've heard. He went back in after his – I believe it was a shoulder or a wrist. It was a stinger. He said it was a stinger. And, yeah. Um, yeah, he was like, I'm fine. He, he told us that on the Saturday press conference. Um, and, yeah, Jonathan doesn't like to, to talk injuries, especially, you know, in game At weeks this like point, this. But, yeah. um, and Monday is, is tough just because most guys, we get the day-to-day. -day. I do expect to see Levin good. That's my best guess on that and from what I'm hearing. So um, I think Levin good will be – good to go um, or at least be in the mix. Um, okay. This is a good one. Bees fanatic one, two, three asks which Beaver player is the biggest X factor for the UW game. I'm going with Damian Martinez. I oh. do believe he's going to make or break this game for Oregon state. Uh, I'm tempted to say DJ just because the added element of the passing game could put Oregon state up over the edge. But I think if Dame has a game like he had last week where he can, really runs like that, then I think Oregon State has no troubles. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, there's the X factor there. I mean, yeah, if Damian runs like he did against first half Colorado, it could be a struggle. If he runs like he did against Stanford or really any other time, 
<laughs> EJ though is an interesting one because I could see them making letting him run a little more too this yeah. week. Yeah, um, we really haven't seen a lot from him in the run game in the last really four weeks. I I feel like the coaching staff has kind of kept the playbook a little more vanilla. Yeah, well I, I agree. The I mean, they haven't had to do much, so yeah. Um, so maybe we see something opened up because even Colorado, which was um, a close a close game, closest, it never did feel kind of out of. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, if we have a couple. <laughs> oh, Brian Miller says, "Get in your seats before kickoff." Um, so yes, I definitely recommend that. Um, give those seniors a good good welcome. And then Brian Miller also says, put Aiden out wide for a backward pass to him so he can either run it or throw it. That'd be an interesting Possible. one too. Um, okay, so how big of an impact will a win versus Washington have on recruiting? Huge. I think it'll be huge. I think it'll show these kids at Oregon State can compete against you know the Big Ten and the SEC. And uh, not that it already hasn't been shown, but now on more of a national level, um, I think it's going to go a long way. I think it'll boost Oregon State to the top seven of the rankings, I would imagine, six or seven. And that really can't be understated because, you know, these kids are seeing things like, you know, the top 10 and seeing Oregon State in there could it could go a long way. Yeah, it could, which is funny, too, that we, we talk about that because. When Steven Jackson, one of the questions I asked the guys in the Saturday press conference was just about the the Hall of Fame because those guys, Mike Cass, Steven Jackson, Alexis mm-hmm. Sterna, all spoke to the team Friday night. And um, I, I said something to Chatfield. I said, you know, you're kind of, you're newer here. You probably aren't familiar with these guys. I was like, oh no, Steven Jackson was like the guy I looked up to growing up. And he goes, I always thought it was going to be a running back. So <laughs> can, you, can you imagine maybe putting Chatfield back? Chatfield back there. That's a big boy. Maybe. Um, okay. Um, Beaver Baseball 1963 says, with it being our last Pac-12 home game, is there anything special planned? A flyover, cowboy hats, etc. Um, I haven't heard of the flyover. There might nothing, be a flyover. I've heard rumblings. Nothing, yeah, I've heard nothing concrete or yeah. But I, I have heard rumblings about that. But um, there, yeah. I my guess would be there's something. Something yeah. would be a giveaway. I would be shocked if there was or, anything. I'm, yeah. Bucket, sure. I saw somebody muck bucket hats or sunglasses or something. Yeah. The, those cowboy hats last year were seriously probably the best giveaway swag thing I've ever seen, just because they were so visible from that. From I never got one. I really, I, I, I wish I would have gotten one. Bummer. I didn't get one either. They didn't have them in the press box for us. Yeah. Um, Jru1 in the chat says, "Can the Beavers pass for 100 yards?" Is the question. They haven't since Jake Luton threw for 158. I'm guessing that's against the Huskies. That's that's interesting to me because it's been four years since or they put Washington three times since then and they haven't. Uh, but I do this Washington secondary isn't the secondaries of the past. You know, Jimmy Lake's not their defensive back coach, and this game isn't going to be played in a, a monsoon like it was last year. Um, this Huskies secondary gives up 270 yards a game. Quite frankly, wouldn't be shocked if DJ hits over 100 in the first half. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be it, – it's supposed to be wet. I think that's 50-50 chance of rain, but um, it's not going to be the monsoon. Uh, Reeser B 23 says, where do you think OSU will be ranked after beating U of and U of O? U of and U of O. <laughs> and U of O. eyes got really big on that one. I would imagine fifth or sixth, um, probably behind Ohio State or Michigan, or probably both of those two. Georgia, Alabama would still probably be ranked higher. I don't know what. I, I would guess in the five to eight range. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to crack the top four unless things get really, really weird. But I would imagine in that range, and that would set Oregon State up for Fiesta Bowl. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun. Beaver Jim says, "Talk about the college coaching coaching carousel that resulted over the weekend and today." Yeah. What are your thoughts on Smith, Lindgren, or Bray landing into the open spots? So right now there's Texas A&M, Mississippi State, San Diego Boise. State, Boise State. Michigan State and Northwestern as well yeah. from yeah. earlier in the year. Um, I wouldn't really be too con- concerned about Jonathan Smith. I know there's been rumblings about him to Michigan State. Not doesn't really make much sense to me. I think Trent Bray isn't – I feel like Trent Bray's locked in. He's um, – Trent Bray, I feel like, doesn't have any desire to leave Corvallis anytime soon. Brian 
Lindgren is a name I feel like could be connected to these Mountain West jobs. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, so I'm looking at that. I know Diego they State. like to travel up to Idaho, could see yeah. him at Boise or San He's Diego from State. Idaho. He played yeah. at Idaho. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be shocking. Boise State typically doesn't go to guys that don't have ties directly to the program, but they could go outside the box now and, and go after yeah. go after um, Brian Lindgren. But I, I feel like just the biggest key is keeping Coach Am. He's – in my opinion, outside of Trent Bray, he's the most valuable member of the coaching staff. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, I, I think that's. I think we do see some some turnover eventually, but yeah, yeah. Coach Mahalachek, Coach Bray, and Coach Smith, I think, are the the ones that you um, the roll out the you roll out the uh, the bank and um, mm-hmm. keep those guys. Um, and, and speaking of bank, okay, Texas A and M paid Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher seventy five million yeah. to just walk away. I'm sure he's not complaining about. <laughs> Not coaching. That's quite the payday. Uh, Jake, I mean, if, if I just said I'll give you $75 million to oh, walk away from Beaver Blitz, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, see ya. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see who Texas A&M goes after. Um, obviously, they have enough money to throw out really the, the, the big names. Maybe they go after like a Urban Meyer, which would be interesting, or a, a Kalen DeBoer or a Dan Lanning, which. Yeah. I keep, I keep hearing funny. Lanning's name pop up there. Yeah. But, um, That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, that's um, Brian Miller in the chat asks, how did the Beavers not get a single player of the week award? Was it because it was against Stanford? I don't know, Brian, because my voting ballot, I, I had a couple of them picked to win because I thought, well, I thought Damien deserved it. I thought chat chat can uh, Catan was it's one. Fine. So anyway, I don't know. I guess Pac-12 coaches or Pac-12 media figured it was Stanford, but that was such a dominating performance. Um, yeah. Let's see a couple more. Um, oh, another question. Beaver Jim wants to know about DJ. Is it a foregone conclusion that DJ you will declare for the NFL draft? Not nothing has been publicly stated. No. I am expecting to see him walk on senior day on Saturday. Would imagine he doesn't come back, but there is a possibility he does have an extra year. This is a very loaded draft class at yeah. the quarterback spot. Seriously. Whereas next year, the biggest name is probably Shador Sanders. And outside of that, there's not a whole lot of proven guys. So I mean, Caleb could, William apparent Caleb Williams is apparently asking for part ownership in a team. Maybe that really? drops his stock. I have not seen that. That is that is interesting. Huh. An unproven NFL quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's our question. So um it's gonna be a, an amazing week, guys. Stick with Beaverless. We have some fun things planned. Um, like I said, it, it's starting to hit that um, Oregon State has two games left this season, regular season. Yeah. Um, and so uh, let's let's see, make the most of it and uh, be at Reeser on Saturday. Be loud, be proud, wear your orange, um, and then get into the Lodge at Beaver Blitz. And so many good discussions, so much good debate back and forth about, you know, who's going to be the lead, who's going to, you know, score the most points. I mean, we have discussions about everything. So jump in there. Um, and then also you're able to read the great the smackdown each week by Raju and Peter. You're able to read Trench Report, which is Peter Riley Osborne breaking down offensive line play. Jake has pieces every single day that you need to be reading if you like analysis pieces and, and want to see stats. So jump in the lodge at Beaver Blitz. Jump on um, a membership to Beaver Blitz. And uh, we will be back next week um, to talk about a Washington win, hopefully, and then preview the Civil War. Till then, I'm Angie Machado. He's Jake Hedberg. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Dam Podcast.